500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil do G'day, this is X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can subscribe to our podcast via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps. Do not forget to give us a rating on your podcast app and tell our mate about us. This episode 225, we are going to revisit one of our most beloved Phantom individuals who would be top two top three most influential phantom people in the whole world, in the whole history, and that is none other than Cy Barry. And with Cy Barry, we also have his son, David, who we're going to be asking some questions as well because I'm sure there's plenty of uh, people out there who want to ask David some questions as well. So enough of me. Let's introduce the legend himself. Uh, Cy, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you for joining us. And uh, David, uh, you're off to the side there. We could see an arm or a... Or a uh, <laughs> how are you as well? I'm great. Thank you. No worries. Well, look, really, really appreciate you guys uh, uh, joining us. Um, uh, it's just going to be myself uh, talking to you today. So, um, But in these type of interviews, uh, less of us and more of the guest is always a better, um, a better idea. So... How how's everything going over in America and everything like that? Um, uh, Post COVID, um, how's 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 it all going? Well, it seems uh, it seems pretty pretty well handled at at this point. There are some spikes now and then, but um, things are uh, all right. Unfortunately, we're running into a bit of inflation economically, um, but uh, it's not hurting me too badly. Uh, <laughs> But um, I'm enjoying, still enjoying life and still doing some artwork and uh, getting wonderful commissions from, uh, from fans and, and uh, very nice comments. Uh, I'm very, very excited about the fact that they still remember me and very grateful too. And thank you so much, all of, all of you Australians. And, uh, I, I love being there, I was there twice with my wife, uh, and uh, we enjoyed the uh, the reception that we got. And I think your best product are your people. I think I've men- mentioned that before, but um, I I enjoy them very much, and they made a lovely dinner for for me and my wife, and we were overwhelmed, uh, just delighted by our visits. Yeah, I unfortunately missed that one. Um, the the last time you were here, I think it was uh, would have been probably about. Yeah, I I unfortunately missed that one. Um, so I've never actually had the privilege of uh, meeting you um, face to face. But the beauty about um, the internet and today's society is that uh, we can still be in our our rooms, many thousand k's away, and um, uh, you know it's. It's always a pleasure talking to you, uh, Si. Um, we've done this twice. Uh, you can listen to us on episode 53 and 113. Uh, this is going to be our first one by video, which um, uh, it, which is interesting. Um, I think last time we ran into some troubles with the video. So really appreciate you. Um, you're looking very good 
you're looking very healthy, very, uh, very fit. Um, uh, yeah, you, you look amazing. And I'm loving to see the, the photos and everything as well that you do online. Right. I, I don't know if you saw an item uh, that had been uh, uh, in, in the uh, Boston papers, uh, in the Massachusetts papers, uh, an item about my, during my retirement, I was teaching class in this residence that I'm living in. And um, uh, there were a couple of articles about me during that time. And I was really uh, just so surprised. I didn't realize that this was being done on the first occasion. On the second occasion, they had some reporters from the newspapers and they made an even, even larger presentation. Oh, so wow. uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, I'm not yet forgotten. I'm glad for that. <laughs> No, in the fandom community, you, you'll never be forgotten. Um, like you said, there's a huge contingent in Australia, but also, uh, you know, all throughout the world in India and um, Scandinavia, especially Scandinavia as well. Especially, yeah. Um, uh, we've got a lot of uh, Indian listeners, and uh, they, they love your work. They uh, With the integral comics, um, absolutely love your work with the colours and, and everything as well. So, um, yeah. Um, so we've got we've got we've got a few questions, but we don't we don't have a lot. We just wanted to kind of let the converse, conversation mm -hmm. flow. Um, okay. So I guess we'll go into some uh, questions, and then we'll kind of uh, go from there. Now, um, first up, we did have some questions regarding the NFT, but we're not going to ask those questions here. We might we might look at doing something a little bit later because we know we've got some people that are very intrigued by that. So. Don't be disappointed if we don't ask about that or talk about that in this podcast because we're going to try and do something a little bit more focused but um, about that as well. But one of the things that really intrigued myself um, as a young uh, fan fan reading uh, the late Ed Rhodes and Pete Clowes' uh, magazines um, yeah. was was the article uh, about Joe uh, Gillia. Now, he... Gillia. Gillia, sorry. Sorry, I appreciate you uh, correcting me on that one. Um, right. He was one of your your assistants, and I, I love that article uh, that they wrote about him. And then doing some research, I found a couple of other names. Um, so I'm just going to start from one end, and I was just hoping you can just tell us a little bit about them, um, how you met them, a little bit about their work, um, just because some fans don't know about them, and um, I always... Right. Um, so first one is George uh, Olson. From my research, he did work for you between 1962 to 73 and then 1979 till when he finished on the strip in 2005. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. No, uh, what, what, he finished on the strip when? Um, from what? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I left the strip on my, in 94 and continued it. Yep. He did the uh, pencils and uh, Keith Williams did the inks on it. Uh, so that was back in 94. Yep. So you... So... Uh, was it 20, 28 years? Yeah. 28 years. Mm. Yeah. So did he do a number of roles for you? Did he... Uh... What, what was his main role that he did for you? Was it just helping out whenever he could or? Uh, you talk about Olsen? Yes, yeah. yes, please. Yes. Uh, 
he did layouts for me. I tightened it and then I tightened up the pencils and, and uh, ink, inked it as well. Sometimes Joe and uh, Joe would uh, pitch in on the inking sometimes too. Now, for those who don't know, could you explain to us what a layout is? It's a rough pencil. It, it gives it gives the uh, in my case, uh, George did. It, it's just a very rough pencil. It's not finished at all, and it's uh, based uh, just basic uh, um, unfinished pencils. And then I, uh, I mean, he'll he'll draw the characters, he'll draw them, but I'll correct them and make them look like the characters that I that I draw. And yep. I, I put my own style into it too in my in my pencil. So okay. uh, I, I don't let his his figure drawing is quite good. So uh, I don't have too much trouble correcting it. And uh, uh, the less that I had to correct the you, the best better it was for me. Uh, and I enjoyed uh, repenciling over his pencil. And that gave me the t style that I wanted, if anyone painted for me. Uh, but most, most of the stuff I did ink myself. There were times when I wanted to get ahead on the strip and I'd have Joe uh, work on it with me. Okay, cool. So, uh, uh, he, uh, as far as Joe is concerned, uh, I'll give you a little background about that. Uh, Joe, I met Joe when I was uh, 16 years old, 15 or 16. Back in junior in uh, in uh, art school, uh, school of industrial art, uh, industrial art was called once a school, and it was in Manhattan on 79th Street. And um, there were four of us that made uh, became very good friends. It was Joe Giella and Al Scaduto and uh, Emilio Squiglio. Uh, these were four guys that. Um, really really got to be very close friends and we'd have dinners out together and what have you and joe as a result uh, began working very young at uh, at timely at that time it was called timely which was marvel comic now and uh, uh he worked in the bullpen and i worked freelance uh for dc and uh, a little bit for for marvel uh, but most of our work was, was with DC. Uh, so Joe, uh, he's still alive, he's still around, and um, uh, his, uh, his, he has been doing some um, Batman things for uh, for fans, commissions, and what have you. And uh, he's doing well. But he was he was my closest friend, Joe, and oh, wow. this guy Nudo, who did the. Uh, They'll do it every time. Did a wonderful strip. So mm. four of us, very close, all for our lives. Oh wow! Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, it was a wonderful uh, friendship for many years. Mm. Uh, I think well over seventy years uh, that we were friends. Yeah, no, that, that, that's yeah. amazing. I uh, thank you for sh for sharing that with us. Um, another name I've got here and. Again, I'm sorry if I'm going to pronounce the last name uh, incorrect. Is Bob uh, Bob Forgione? Forgione. 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 
No worries. I appreciate that. Um, so from what I can gather, he helped out between 1962 to 1965. Uh, 62 to 65, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, he, he lived in uh, Westchester, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So did he do... So what, what did he help you with? Uh, well, he did the layouts too. Okay. He did and I tightened them up and inked them. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking of myself, inking it myself at that time. Yeah. So, again, some some of us know this, some of us don't. Um, you, so you 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 inked everything throughout the whole thirty odd years that you worked on the strip. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as I say, sometimes Joe helped me. Yeah. Uh, during rush periods and. And then for, for a while, for about, for about a year and a half, he worked steadily with me. Okay. And uh, uh, it, 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 was, uh, it was a very good relationship. Zinke, he tried to bring it around as close to my style as good mm. as he could. And it was slightly different, but uh, we can't all imitate each other perfectly. So uh, he had a little of his own technique, which was fine with me. It, it still had the same dramatic uh, effect. Mm. Yeah, and just in, you know, the average person would not be able to tell um, that, you know, you've had uh, yeah. that, that he inked for you. And, and and I know as a, you know, before I, I knew more, before I researched more, I it, it amazed me that, you know, you, your style was exactly the same for the 30-odd years and, and everything. Yeah. So it's... um. It's a, it's a credit to yourself, but also to uh, to your colleagues as well. Um, Thank you. Another one here is George uh, Russo? Oh, George Russo. Yeah, he did backgrounds for me. I okay. would do the figure. I mean, I would pencil, pencil and, and ink figures, and he would help me with the backgrounds. Right. And so back background, that's things like... The jungle. And... In other words, I ink yeah the jungles, uh, uh, the huts in the in, in, in the uh, jungle, and you know it, it was Africa. So uh, and there were homes as well. There were cities uh, during the time of the strip. Uh, so there were developed cities, but there are uh, more uh, obsolete areas too that the, the fans have visited. And yeah. he, uh, he, was, he was commander of um, the Jungle Patrol, which is uh, another another phase of uh, the Phantom story. Mm. Uh, but he, he was called the commander, and uh, he he, got, he gathered them uh, as a group. Uh, they were a group of pilots who, first, who he was first uh, uh, trying trying to recover a, a princess. From their from their uh, capture, mm. and uh, he managed to uh, uh, fight them all. He managed to uh, uh, fight fight them, and uh, this was uh, this was their way of uh, returning her back to him. Uh, he had to defeat each one of them, and before he could take her back, you know, one of these real uh, uh, exciting pirate kind of stories. Mm. And he did defeat all of them. Uh, and as a matter, 
So then he, he returns to Princess, and she's so in love, she fell in love with him, she wants to marry him, but he wasn't ready yet. It took a long time for him to be ready, like 40 years of, uh, of comics, but he finally met Diana. Uh, I mean, he had a girlfriend, Diana, and he finally married her. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but the, the stories, uh, uh, during that period, uh, uh, working with uh, uh, George Russo's, uh, he also uh, was a bit of a photographer. And uh, he would take pictures, uh, and I would be using these pictures with exciting lighting effects. And, uh, and I'd use those figures that he took, those pictures, uh, and use them for uh, the Phantom. I would change oh, the body, wow. of course, but uh, make them more bulky. But I would, uh, I use those photographs very, very uh, uh, effectively to get the, some of the lighting, the drama, and which made it a bit, a bit different looking and more uh, exciting looking, having the wonderful shadows and deep blacks here and there, and having some effect, the effect of more mystery than, than it had before. Yeah. I that, that's one of the things I've always loved about your work was the shadow work um, mm -hmm. as well. So it's, 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 I, I really enjoyed uh, hearing about that. Um, I suppose these days we use Google images, um, but I. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, there are poses where you just can't find those poses. Mm. Poses of the body doing something like leaping and uh, or, or diving at another at another uh, person, or as some action shots that you just have to you have to make up yourself. You have to know how to draw the figure. You have to know the anatomy and be able to put that figure in different positions. But yeah. there were times there were times when uh, when George would where I would pose and George would put it make it look like I was flying in the air. You know, he had a way. Setting oh, wow. me up so it was like I was leaping off, off, or off a wall or off a bridge or whatever, you know. But uh, uh, it, it, I, I worked with many guys who did many different things to make the script more, look more interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing that. I'm, I've seen some, some actual photos of Wilson McCoy using his family as, as poses. Oh, yeah. So it's. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, it's 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 amazing listening to you um, <clears throat> with uh, Joe and, and some of the other colleagues doing that as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, David, did you um, ever get yourself? Were you ever a, a, a pose or a, a live action? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't use me. I think I was too no. little. Look look at how big he became. Though. Yeah, but I, I got I got bigger, but. Yeah. At the time, I think I was probably too small. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, never, um, you never uh, are. But I, rem <laughs> I remember working. Uh, I don't know if it was for free or if you paid me, but I used to catalog. We used to go oh, through the yeah. Time magazine, Life magazine, National Geographic's, and we cut out uh, interesting uh, scenes. <clears throat> and we had it all cataloged and in alphabetical order. And he used all of this background material for new, um, new ideas. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. yeah. Right. 
So that you would have had a quarter filing cabinet that was filing cabinet that was about five feet high <laughs> of just cutouts. So I helped. I remember helping him with that. Right. And that was a lot of fun. And I, I use it for research for different uh, unusual faces and characters, so I can develop characters around these faces. And but it was interesting work. Uh, and the amount of detail, the amount of uh, filing files that I had to keep for uh, foreign nations and foreign ac uh, ag uh, architecture and. You know, so it covered many fields, planes of the of the earliest planes, up, way up, well up to the jets, you know, the jet fighters and what have you. So yeah. I keep on research. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing with the Phantom is that he's, you're drawing stories in a 400-year arc, so you're having to keep stuff right, from... Right, that's another unusual thing, right, right. Yeah, so... so I, had way, I had to go way back in history, the old, the old wooden chips, you know, and... Mm. Uh, with multi sales on them, and you know all of this stuff, uh, you need research for. Yeah. Now I, I I hardly even need files because I can go right to the computer and get anything anything I want. Yeah, different angles too, and it's just unusual the amount of research uh, that's out there and easy to obtain. You know, mm. incredible. Mm. So I don't have to load up my shelves and my files with. Uh, with all the uh, uh, reference that I need. Yeah. And I just. Course, having been retired now, I don't, I'm not uh, working from script, so I, I don't have to do that kind of research anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to say that Jungle Patrol story that you, uh, that we were talking about before, that's one of probably my all time favorite story of yours. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, it's it's amazing. It's an amazing story. The action, um, the, the the drawing, the fight scenes between yeah. the four guys, and and then rescuing the princess and all that. So, um, yeah, right. just, yeah, right. yeah it's, it was a, red beard was quite uh, that. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. he he was an Different amazing angle. character. Yeah. And he finally is is finally down on the ground, uh, finally defeated. So. He had to uh, defeat, I think, four of them. Yes. A Frenchman and, uh, and a, uh, a black guy. Uh, and um, Crusher. Crusher. So oh, it was yes. Crusher, the big guy. Absolutely. He was an Asian, right? He was the Asian Crusher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And yeah. they started, they actually started the Jungle Patrol. You I put them in into seventeenth, uh, sixteenth, uh, no, eighteenth century uh, costumes during the uh, French uh, Revolution era during the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. Yep. The big puffy shoulders and. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that story. Um, <laughs> I still read it quite regularly, and it's just full of full of little uh, moments and bits and stuff like that. So uh, thank you for creating that uh, classic, which even now that was created in the 70s, so that's 50, almost 50 years ago. Um, fans are still enjoying it now. Oh, right. Good. Um, now another person, uh, Don Heck, uh, from 1972 to 1973. Oh, I think he, only, he only did a couple of weeks for me at the time. Okay. Yeah. Was only uh, he was in my uh, 
in my uh, National Cartoonist Group, uh, he was one of the members in, uh, on Long Island, and uh, uh, he had uh, he, he had a lot of skill. He was very fast, very fast pencil, and he did some layouts for me, and I tightened them up and inked them. Um, uh, he worked. Then he uh, he was kind of out of work when I took him on, and. After he worked for me, he used the work that he did for me and brought them around to different comic uh, book publishing companies. Oh, wow. And uh, he began to work, got some work from DC, and a little, a little from, mostly from Marvel, actually. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the artists that worked with me, who, who might have been new or, or maybe needed a little extra work, having shown my work, uh, the work that they did for me, uh, they were able to uh, get work in, in the field because of my my association with these publishers. Uh, they knew that if I took them on, it must be pretty pretty good. Yeah, so, that, uh, they were able to get work as a result of working with me. Yeah, that must be yeah. fulfilling that you helped a lot of these. And I think we're yeah. about halfway yeah. through, but you helped their careers and and helped them out. That must be fulfilling. Yes, wonderful feeling, really. And uh, Jose Delpo, do you know that name? Uh, yes, I've got that one down here as 1979. Uh, what, what is that? Um, got... My research shows that he did some, uh, assisted you in 1979. Oh, yes, yes, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just a, a few months. I think he only helped me a few months at the time. And... Uh, and then we uh, began to get some work as a result. Another guy that began to get some work. I think he picked. I think he got some work in DC at the time. Okay. So he got a, few, a small story, and then he got to be known. He was a pretty, uh, pretty. He moved. Uh, he moved out of the state. I think he lived in New Jersey, and he moved down to. I think he moved down to Florida. So uh, that's another guy that, uh, you know, made it and was able to uh, continue working in the field. And so was that layouts for you as well? Uh, yes, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so I've got another one here. John Rosen, Rosenberger? Rosenberger. Rosenberger? Oh, yeah. Good old John. Remember him? Yeah. Unfortunately, he died of cancer. Cancer. But he worked for, with me for about two years. Yeah. Yeah. Also did, did some layouts too. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then the one that um, probably one of my favorites, I've seen some of his other work is Andre LeBlanc. Oh, yeah. yeah wonderful artist. Yeah. And a very, very bright guy. Just a, just a great individual. Mm. Um, and, and he, he uh, he himself was doing uh, uh, religious books. Uh, no, it was, well, historic books and Bible, mostly Bible stories. Uh, he had a he had a very nice style. Uh, his inking was a little heavy for for my uh, for, for what I would have liked, but uh, he had a, he had a good style, and he he knew he knew how how to draw the figure and how to ink the figure. So once in a while I'd use them for inking or 
or he would switch over to some layout. So he kind of varied it. And I did a little Bible, Bible work with him, a little of oh. pamphlets, Bible pamphlets with him too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I did not know that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so is that, again, just helping out when he needed help or? Yeah, right, yeah. right. But yeah, very little because my script took a, a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine there wouldn't have been much. Uh, so, some of it was when I was in comic books before I got on to the Phantom. Yes. During the 50s. Yeah, um, I do want to ask a little bit about that because that, that intrigues me a lot as well. I've got two more names, though, if that's okay. Um, uh, Rick, Rick Buckler? Buckler, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he came to me with his wife and two little uh, his wife was pregnant and he, had, and he had a little boy with him. And they were just beginning their family and he, he was very young. And uh, but I was kind of young myself at that time. I think that was in, during the late sixties or early seventies. Uh, but he only did a, a couple of stories for me. Then he started to get some work as a result. I guess he made copies of the work he was doing for me and brought it around. He started to get some work. Okay. And the last number I have, uh, oh, the last name, sorry, uh, is Frank Springer. He, oh. Oh, yeah. He, there, too, he did about two, three weeks uh, for me. Yeah. He was quite an artist, too. He, he also belonged to the National Cartoonist Society, too. Yeah. Uh, many of them. Uh, in fact, I finally got John Buscema to get onto our group, into our group. He lived on the island too. And uh, uh, it took quite a while. He was, he, he was kind of reticent about joining yet. I don't know why, but we kept encouraging him and encouraging him. And finally, he joined us, and we were so happy that he did. Mm. And then we on so sadly he developed cancer and passed away. Mm. But uh, wonderful guy, really very friendly and delightful to be with. He was quite a guy and quite an artist. So it's you, know so, you must know the name, right? Um, I do know the name. Yeah, I've. Look, I've and Canaan uh, the, the terrible. Yep. Conan, Conan the Terrible, and uh, and uh, Thor, and many other characters. So uh, Silver something, Silver oh, Surfer. Silver Surfer, yep, yep. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, wow. Was, everyone claimed him to be a, a copy of Jack Kirby, but he was more than that. He uh, he had his own style and his own uh, technique. Uh, but his, his figures were as exciting as Jack Kirby. They were. Mm. So a few of these names, uh, um, so you, you were just saying about how they, like, they came to you from the, fr in the, in the group, the Art Association of, of, of New yeah, York. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So these are all like up and coming guys who, you know, are trying to break into the field. They, they, they join the group to connect with people and obviously they connected with you and, you were gracious enough to be able to, I guess, you know, help them get their foot in the door and, and everything. Is that basically how it went? Yes, basically. Uh, but uh, many of them I knew uh, 
uh, many, uh, I'd say two, two, at least three of them I knew already. Uh, the others I hadn't known. Uh, on a couple occasions, uh, my friends referred these uh, new guys to me. The ones that are the friend, people that I was already uh, relating to, uh, they would recommend uh, young guys coming in. And they said, this guy's pretty good. I think he's great, he's great on layouts. And this guy was a good a background man, an anchor, you know. So uh, uh, I, I was I was doing some other work on the side as well as well as the strip, but the strip kept me uh, kept me busy almost full time. Yeah, um, doing dailies and Sundays, and and in the high detail you did it. Um, yeah, you, you. How many hours were you pulling a week to be able to stay on top of it all? Oh, I think about. Hmm, oh, I would say about oh. twelve. 12 hours a day, right? Yeah, I would say so. Probably yeah, anyway, wow. oh, more than 10, that. Maybe 12 and sometimes four. Sometimes I go late into the night. Late into the night. Yeah. You, you were a night. You I was night really, a, really a night person, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's. Um, so was that was that and um, was that seven days a week or did you work extra so you can have like a, a well, weekend? I, I tried. I, I would work uh, on Saturday a good part of the day and then stop around four o'clock. And Sunday, I try to take off. Uh, Sunday, I, I try to take off as often as I could. Yeah. Unless I uh, unless I had a very tough week of drawing uh, where there was a lot of there was a lot of work in it, which Lee had a habit of doing. <laughs> the more I asked him to ease out, the more the more junk he put in there, and yeah, well. I, I don't like talking about them, but um, I don't enjoy uh, telling stories about them. But uh, it, I, had, I had a difficult time with him. It was uh, very difficult to deal with. Mm. So uh, many times I would have, a, a like, he would throw armies into the story, and I'd have to draw all these figures with their weapons and their cut and their uniforms, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it took, much, like, uh, one and a half times the time to do it uh, a week of work because of all the uh, figure work I had to do. Really, a lot of added work. They weren't simple open panels. Yeah. And so that's why it, it, I was. I always needed help because he overwrote. He wrote too many complicated uh, scenes. He tried to have yeah. three three different different actions going on in one panel instead of something between just one person and another. So they always throw in another person. And, and then trying to show them debating and argument and then fighting, you know, it was just, uh, he just loaded up my, my work a great deal. Mm. But uh, I got but in the end, I got, I got, but I see, I see that more people are, have been attentive to me than they have to, to Lee. Uh, I've been hearing this from people who, who, knew, who knew Lee and interviewed him. And um, uh, or interviewed his wife after he died, and uh, she she admitted that she doesn't get very much mail anymore. Uh, she was getting mail in, in to find out uh, about his life story and things like that, and she was getting less and less uh, mail. So uh, I, well, I'm very grateful that I'm still getting a great deal. Uh, of attention, people writing or people people getting onto. Uh, uh, we have uh, our own uh, uh, 
uh, website, and yes. uh, David tells me of, of uh, commissions that are asked of me, and it keeps going on. So yes. I'm very glad I have this audience still still alive. Yeah, um, like, as, as I said at the beginning, you're, you know, fans still rave about you, still love your work. Um, there's a lot of child, a lot of childhood memories you've made, whether it's from, you know, cutting out the newspaper strips, getting the latest free comic or How many people comic. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you should be very proud of what you've, what you've done. You've fulfilled a lot Absolutely. of, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So did you did you know of your fame when you were doing this no. trip? Or was it I more had no more idea. afterwards? It wasn't until I visited these countries that I realized how famous I was. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. I went to uh, uh, I went to Australia first in uh, ninety-eight. Yeah. Uh, I had retired in ninety-four and I was invited there uh, to a dinner. And um, and to stay at uh, one of the one of my fans' uh, house, uh, we stayed there for a while. And uh, yeah, oh no, we stayed at a hotel there. Uh, the following uh, ten years later, we stayed at uh, uh, at a the house of a uh, he became a very dear friend. That uh, uh, Richard. Uh, uh, that Richard Fry. Yeah. Yep. Right. We stayed at his house. They actually gave them gave me their bedroom, and they slept in another room. They wanted me to be in a more comfortable room, you know. And uh, they treated us just beautifully. And we we were there for about two weeks. And I said, please, I I, I don't want to abuse our our invitation, our visiting. So they said, but if you leave, then I'll be abused, you know. <laughs> He was a wonderful guy. He and his wife, just wonderful. Mm. And his son Daniel. Uh, Daniel visited us, visited us too. Remember? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it was, it was, and I've, I've seen Richard here. He's come here and visited. Uh, so, we've, we've developed a wonderful friendship. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, uh, they call it the Leap Fork Explorers. Uh, Yes, the Club. yeah, Lee Fork, yeah, Lee Fork Bengala's Explorers Memorial Club. Yes, yeah, or right. the the Olympic because it's a little bit easier to say they're trying to restrict. Yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> right. Um. So 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 David, did you? What was it like growing up and seeing your dad drawing every day? Did you like? Did you understand it, or did you realize just how? No. <laughs> I uh and it's funny I I really didn't follow it that closely I mean it was such a part of our I mean despite the fact that it was such a part of big part of our lives mm. on my dad's work um because it you know it, the whole family was involved in one way <laughs> shape or form I mean yeah. we were either cataloging background material or we were driving his artwork into New York City to drop it off with the King Features or we were erasing, you know, we were doing work for right. him. But despite all of that, um, I really had no idea how uh, widespread 
the phantom popularity was. And I mm. absolutely had no idea that my dad was so well known. Yeah. Nor, so did, nor did I know about his history. It's almost like, you know, they say that very often people who are in the, you know, who've been to war don't like to talk about their experiences. You know, I feel like my dad didn't really talk that much about his back, his background to me anyway, maybe my sisters were more familiar with what my dad had done during the late forties or, you know, fifties and early sixties before the phantom. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I was really unaware of his work with DC and Marvel and uh, the romance work that he did and the uh, Westerns that he worked on. And That's I had no, I just had no idea. He never, he, he, I think, he, I think even he forgot about the Martin Luther King yes. uh, book that he, uh, that he drew. And so I, I had very little um, insight into uh, it, the popularity of the Phantom and the popularity of my dad until the royalty checks came in every month. <laughs> then it was, you know, it was a happy time around the house, you know? <laughs> oh, payday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but um, I had no idea of my dad's background of work. Mm. Nor well, did I really understand the impact that the Phantom uh, was having on so many people. Yeah. So when did you find out about your dad's legendary status? Like, like when did it really set in for you? Probably, probably ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Really, just about ten years ago, when some of the Phantom Facebook pages, when I was introduced to some of them. When I was when I spent a little more time with Pete Klaus and Ed Rhodes, um, I went to a couple of the Sardis lunches, and I just started to learn more about what my dad's involvement with the strip and how he was so admired. And um, so it, it's really been very re it's really been pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. So so that. that it's, it's, it's fascinating hearing you talk about that because, you know, from a fan's perspective, we, we, see, yeah. him as, we see him as royalty. Uh, you know, like he's, you know, we, we once did a podcast on the most influential uh, phantom people in, you know, in the whole history. And, you know, I, th I think he was one or two um, just because of what he brought to the strip with the, with, um, you know, and everything like that. And then, it's interesting talking to his son where you didn't, you, you know, you don't see him as royalty. You just see him as dad. <laughs> right. Just saw him as dad. Right. right. He had, you know, young people have, I mean, especially during their teens and, and early, uh, early years, uh, they're caught up in their own lives and, and they may need to make a place for themselves. And they're dealing with their own individual problems and they, they don't really, uh, then then I it's not at a stage where they're trying to find out what their father did more intimately. Uh, you know, they know that the father his he knew his father was an artist and they saw the work I was doing, but he didn't know what uh, he did, I didn't even know how how much uh, uh, 
I, I incurred in the way of the fans and, uh, and, and the attention that was out there about me. I had no idea until I retired and, and got out mm. there and found out going to these different countries, Scandinavia and Australia. And it was, a, it was, it was a, a whole new enlightenment to me. Mm. So I couldn't expect David to have <laughs> <laughs> Very informed because I was very, very lightly informed. I, I, I had no idea, really. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fascinating, um, and, and it's, and it's intriguing. Um, now I, I just love meeting new people and talking to new people online. And it's very interesting. Catching yeah. up on, uh, on my dad's body of work. Yeah, and. And and we've made mention of it a little bit before. Um, well, until until recently, myself, you know, and I will admit, I'm a Phantom fan, not a comic fan in a sense. But I didn't know of your history with DC and Marvel or or, or anything like that as well. So you know, following your Facebook, uh, the Facebook page, the I think it's the the Cyberry fan group page is probably the best one if you want to learn more about yeah. the yeah. past work and stuff like that. Um, right. So could you tell us a little bit about your, you know, you've mainly done work for DC, but you've also done work for Marvel as well. Could, could you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Well, uh, I first worked with uh, Julie Schwartz, the editor, one of the main editors up there. And uh, I did uh, some science fiction and some mystery stories, um, mostly those, and a little bit of uh, uh, Western work too for uh, Julie. And then from there, I switched up. Uh, uh, there was another uh, publisher who did, who handled the war stories. I did a couple of those stories for him. Oh, wow. And yeah, uh, but I, I really loved, I finally got into the romance area and I began to like that. I bet it gave me a chance to draw more, more women and develop a style for them. And, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm drawing mostly men, and very few of them women in my previous previous work. This mm. maybe gave me a chance to go full circle and have and then showing children as well as women, and not just multi uh, uh, super super people, you know. Uh, and uh, that that romance area seemed to uh, I seem to have found a niche there. And mm. while I was doing that, then I got a call from uh, from Keith Feeney. But during that, because during that time, I was also helping uh, my brother Dan on uh, Flash Gordon. I was pitching in now and then to help him on the deadline. So they knew me when I would go up there and deliver this work up there. So they got to know me. And as a result, while I was working at DC, I got a call that might uh, have... Uh, uh, Wilson McCoy, uh, that he was in the hospital, and they asked me if I could pitch in. They knew my work, they knew some of the things I did for Dan, so they were able to, uh, they, they, they acknowledged that I probably could handle it. So they gave me a, a week of script, and I did, I did a week of script, and they called me, they said, Sigh, it looks beautiful. He said, But it looks like Flash Gordon. It doesn't look like macro, like uh, McCoy's work. So uh, uh, they said, we've got time. Could you do another week? 
I don't know what I, I thought I'd save that week of work because they didn't need it, but they paid me for it. But That's uh, awesome. I did enough. And then I had a really simple point. That was more difficult than doing my much more difficult because what I had to do was I, I had to de illustrate, I had to be less of an illustrator. Mm. I had to make it that simplistic style that he used. And I was always, I was always offended by it. I, I just couldn't accept it as, as, a, as a kind of style that befits a, a phantom story. And I remember when I was younger uh, and, and McCoy was working on, on it at the time, uh, he, uh, I would say, you know, if I ever get into comics, I, I would love to do that phantom strip. I must have been in my, my early teens and very early teens. And I always had the desire. I wanted to be an illustrator, but when I would look at that script, I'd say, wow, that's a good story, but what, what the artwork is not really you know, doing much for it, you know? And I had, I had visions of what I would do. I'd get more drama, more expression in the phantom. And you always had this stone face, this one expression, mm. even when he was supposed to laugh. He didn't really have a laugh, you know? So uh, sure enough, when I did get the strip and I couldn't believe it, uh, those were the first things I did after I got had to get after I got out of McCoy of uh, McCoy's style, and I was able to get introduce my own style in there very slowly. Then I began to give more expressions to the Phantom, and I mean, when he when he'd be serious, I would really get an angry look, and uh, I would even uh, even. Uh, uh, expand the expression in the in the mask too. I was, I was yeah, 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 yeah. With the eyebrows, I make a it, yeah. the eyes and 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 a real angry look, you know. Uh, so uh, and and then of course adding the blacks and giving the drama—that's what it really needed. I mean, it's a it's an adventure strip. It's not, it looked more like a romance strip, you know. It's probably, uh, when McCoy did it, it, it just seemed so light in its uh, finished technique. It needed some more blacks and drama and mm. shadows, you know, things that that make a a uh, uh, that kind of a strip uh, more exciting and, and and more demanding, you know, more people want to see it more. Mm. So, um, uh, I was just gonna I was just gonna ask when you were talking about your romance and stuff like that, like that your Diana. I had a crush on her as a child, and I'm sure there's a lot of other um, fans out there that had a bit of a crush on her as well. Was she ever modelled on anyone, or is she what she was? What? Was Diana? Did you model her off someone that you knew? Or? Oh yes, I did. Uh, uh, Smith, uh, the one who was in uh, Charlie's Angels, uh, Jacqueline, oh, Jacqueline Smith. Okay. Yeah. Well, fashion her her hairstyle and somewhat her appearance too. Mm. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. And so the way you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way the way you drew Diana was that did that help with like what you're talking about like with doing the romance stories and being able to draw, you know, uh, an attractive woman and and, yeah, and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did use, uh, I used to use the photography magazines uh, to see uh, they had some wonderful lighting on the, on the figures, you know, uh, women figures and uh, different you know, styles, uh, clothing styles that 
the upcoming clothing styles. I kept reference on that. Mm. But I would use magazines to get the reference from. And yeah. um, uh, more and more, I began to see more uh, how to make a woman more uh, delicate than I did for them. I, at one point, I was drawing, drawing them a little hard and draw, uh, a little harsh. And I learned them, uh, how, how to make them uh, look softer. But that was during the comics days, uh, during the, my comics days and dealing with the Rome, uh, dealing with the romance magazine. Yeah, wow. Um, so, like, you know, and I'm not sure if this is going to be the fans or not, but what was your, your favorite, like, do you have, like, a, a favorite job or a favorite story or, or like, a favorite oh, yeah. character or something that you've ever drawn? There were several. Well, uh, oh, a favorite character? I, I thought you meant the favorite. Yeah, or just, just any, any uh, yeah, any favorites. Uh, yeah, um, there was, uh. It was a west uh, a western that uh, uh, like oh I did like uh, as a matter of fact there there was a story a few stories that I worked on with Dan uh, where I was doing some, some layouts for him on this newspaper so much as a much as I've had I had a very difficult time with my brother really very difficult times I must admit that he was a, a brilliant artist and I, I bring him up only because of the artwork he did and, and uh, he got a great deal of attention at DC. I mean, he was, he was a fair haired guy up there and the, uh, they had other people following his style and they wanted some more of his technique in, in their books too. So that's why I bring him up and, I, uh, and there was a uh, publishing uh, publishing outfit that a uh, story that we did about a newspaper editor, uh, Big Town, was called, and uh, uh, I love the I love that character. I loved working on that character I'm, because I I was doing my my early layouts for him at the time, so I like doing it. Um, but my, my let me see. I, I would say. I would say the, the best thing that I enjoy drawing, uh, but you wanted to know before the before uh, the Phantom, right? Oh, it could be the Phantom. It could be before. Oh, um, Phantom was, was my favorite. Yeah. Absolutely, my favorite. Uh, that's that's a final answer. That uh, my, my the best character that I enjoyed that I really enjoyed drawing was the Phantom. Hmm. I love the background. I love where he's from. Uh, the kind of character he was, he was real. Uh, the story about the living, having lived 400 years was just a, an assumption by the tribes because each phantom that passed on handed it over to the son. So he was able to uh, uh, keep the story, keep the, uh, keep the story generations alive by you know, handing each uh, generation over. So uh, I, I just like the way the way Lee set, set up the stories. Hmm. Uh, professionally, he was a wonderful writer. Yeah. Um, so besides the, oh, I just wanted to make mention um, one of the things that a lot of fans, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a lot of the things that the, a lot of fans really really liked was that the Phantom could crack a smile in your stories. Uh, they call it the smiling phantom. 
Um, right. <laughs> and it just reminded me of when you were talking before about how you put emotion into your fans and how you can yes, take I a did. smile. And, that was very important to me. Mm, and so I just wanted to let you know that you know, that, like I said, you know, the term the smiling phantom or size oh. smiling phantom. <laughs> so oh, I just, right. Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, uh, it, it's, it's one thing that a lot of fans do. Yeah, let's in. remember, he was, he was a human being. He wasn't a statue yes. and uh, he wasn't just a symbol. He was a living human being who had emotions when he was angry, when he was upset, yes. you know, uh, uh, and when he was very happy and... Uh, uh, also, when he was very tender with his kids, uh, mm. that kind of uh, those emotions uh, should be displayed. You know, you, you, mm. you can't just have somebody reacting with no no expression. Yeah, and I, that's what I thought I did. I put expression and human uh, feelings into the strip as well as the drum. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one thing I'm not sure if you are aware, um, a, for a lot of creators. Um, they, you know, like they've been told, okay, you're going to draw the phantom, but there's one rule: there has to be a Cyberry phantom. So I'm, I'm not sure if you are aware, but for a lot of, for many generational creators, ever since you've been drawing it, have been instructed to draw their phantom like yourself. Were oh, you, right. Oh, nice. So, like, you've got uh, the Fratelli Sparta, which is the Italian publisher. You know. Oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, you've got, um, and even now, like there's a there's a young bloke, uh, Jeremy McPherson, who draws oh, yeah. very, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, even now, you know, you, you've been retired. What it's since '94? Yeah, well, filming. Well, yes, right, right. So you, um, you've been retired for almost thirty years, and you, you're still influencing a lot of. What do you think of the Pro Magazine interpretation? Um, what, what do I think of it? Yeah. I'm interviewing you now. Look, you know, uh, Glenn and Dudley, I think, you know, look, it's not easy publishing a comic these days, um, especially with the internet and stuff like that. I, you know, I, I, I like what they're doing. Um, there's some things that I think they could do better, but overall, I, you know, I think they do great. Um, one thing I did love was uh, what Jim Shepard did by reprinting all your stories, but also Ray Moore's and Wilson McCoy's in their unedited yeah. format. Um, I, you know, I really thought that that gave a really good uh, importance, especially in the night, you know, in the eighties and the nineties when he put a real focus on that. That was when I started becoming a fan. It was when I got to see all your artwork in unedited format and in its in its pure state, in its right. unadulterated or unadulterated state, and it's what made me, you know, fall in love with it. Was was you know seeing it like that. Um, I really like the new paper that Fru's doing as well. It's uh, it makes it a lot crisper and and stuff. Oh, as really? Well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and. So yeah, I'm not sure if that if that answers your question or not. Uh, what yeah. what do you what do you think? Do you do you have copies of your artwork or of your I stories? Used, uh, I, I, when I after, right after I retired for quite a few years, uh, they sent me issues, and the earlier years that they were sending me issues had reproductions of of my work. Yes, 
Uh, and it went on for a few years and then it dropped off. I, uh, my work dropped off and other artists uh, did it. And I kind of felt uh, it, it lost. It, at the beginning, there was uh, some artists after, right after I retired whose work began to look uh, stronger and a little more like, my, like mine. Uh, because it had been weak, a little weak before that. And then it became a little stronger. And uh, I saw they were getting more blacks into it, more drama. And it, it was looking pretty good for quite a, for a period of time. And then uh, after they stopped publishing my work as well as uh, uh, what they, as well as what, what they were doing, uh, uh, that became that style, that technique began to be less and less. And what what was happening? I was getting. I I, I thought that if I were an editor, I would correct uh, what was happening. It seemed like they were too much, uh, putting much too much much detail into the uh, figures and the backgrounds. And you in almost every panel, you didn't know where your your eye had didn't know where to look. It, it, Every panel, every composition should have a specific area in, in the composition that the eye should be brought to, that the, uh, that the writer and, and the artist want to, want to bring the attention to, to the audience, to the reader. And what was happening, there was so much work in the art, in the figure, as well as the background. There was nothing, nothing simplified so that you can see just look at one area and see the detail there and not your eye not being pulled to different parts of the panel. And I, it's a big mistake with many artists. And this is what, this is what we learn in, in comic books to try to simplify because it's also colored. And uh, when you have colored work, so uh, on top of all of the, that crosshatch and grays and mm. excess work and detail on it, it's, it's so distracting, it, it draws the eye away from it. And I think it's very, it's very hurtful to the strip, to the, strip, to the artwork, uh, to the uh, story itself, the storyline, because you can't, it's very difficult to read something that's so covered with so much detail. And simplicity is, is really so vital in artwork, mm. knowing how to simplify and where to simplify. I, I, I find it, interesting talking to you about that because i you know one of the things i love about your work is your is the detailed backgrounds and and you know the jungle foliage it wasn't just you know little bubbles and and stuff like that you know you drew the veins in leaves and it drooping and this and the water coming off it and and uh, you know that was one of the things that i loved about about your work is that it actually looked like a jungle you know, it felt yeah. like you were in there, and then, um, and and then talking to you about, and then you making mention of how you got to simplify it. It's just it blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> it's so vital. I mean, when you look at uh, at work like uh, uh, the Samas, you had a way of drawing the attention to the main figure. You had things mm. pointing to all the time. You always had a composition pointing to the main action. And if there was a if there was a main action, you try to keep it open in the background and not confuse yep. it. Well, you don't have to throw background into every single scene, and the background should be far less detailed than the than the figures themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes 
the way some artists don't have uh, the composition eye to, to learn how to draw something simply around the figure so that they don't, so that the backgrounds don't confuse with the figure. And you can see, you see the main action of, of just the figures themselves. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I, I love, I love, I, I really appreciate this, you telling me that. Now, this is more of an art lesson than. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fan, fans will. Yeah, no, fans will, will really appreciate it. Now, you talked about some of the things that you enjoyed drawing. With the Phantom, is there something that that you, that you that was, I guess for lack of a better word, the worst thing you could ever draw in a Phantom story? Was, the worst was it, thing? Yeah. That I could draw in the Phantom. Yeah, armies. Armies. <laughs> dealing with whole armies and... Uh, and and having and he having his his uh, his force, uh, you know, uh, his own jungle patrol uh, trying to set off uh, set off uh, the the armies that are attacking or natives attacking, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, any anything that had a, a, a an enormous amount of figures or or mechanical work that had to be done in duplicates and. And Lee had that was one fault that he had that I thought <laughs> but he drew excessively he, he wrote things with uh, excessive uh, uh, elements in it that made it very very tough to uh, try to get through very easily that was the worst thing the worst part of drawing it and I'm, I'm thinking of um, the mysterious ambassador when he first fights General Babubu. There was a lot of soldiers in there. Uh, the founding of the Jungle Patrol, there was a lot of pirates and stuff like that. And so I, I'm picturing all these stories with lots of people in the panels. And and, and I, I actually love that because they were all different. <laughs> yeah, they were. I mean, but it was so tough getting through it. I mean, it took so much time, you know. Uh, and he I've got to be reading those stories, and I'm going, "Oh no, I I'm not sure if I can enjoy that anymore because I know that you, you laboured extra time." And I really laboured on him. Yes, <laughs> right. At the beginning, it wasn't so bad, but I didn't know how often he would pull this. Yeah. And it, 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 just the fact that he. he the more I complained about it, the more he poured it on, you know? So if this was his personality, I, I was not to tell him how, well, I'm getting into something that I didn't want to get into. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I, really, well, I really don't want to get into we, it. Well, we it won't go there then. Uh, so who's the favorite? I've got, I've got like about one more question and then uh, I want to talk a little bit about your website and we'll wind down because um, yeah. I'm wary of time and everything like that. So we'll put aside... Lee Fork, we'll talk about who's who's the your most favorite person you have worked with, and that could be in your Marvel DC days or or with your assistants. Is there someone that you know that when you? I would you, say George Olson. George Olson. Very nice. What, what about Very like bright. the Alex Tooths? And... Well, I didn't work. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, in the early days, I did ink other artists' work at DC. Okay, yeah. In the early 50s. 
Uh, and yes, one of my favorite, if, if you're asking about who, who I like working with, whose work I like working with, or whose oh, work just, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I guess any of it or all of it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, other than Dan's work, who I had a lot of respect for, uh, Alex Toth uh, was one of my favorite artists, I must say. And, I thought yeah. he was a genius in the, in the way he planned panels, his layouts. His, um, he didn't, uh, he, Marvel, Marvel had a, a way of trying to make everything, every, almost every panel exciting, you know. You have to know when to let up and ease off a little bit and then come back to the excitement again. And they he they demanded on almost every page, you know, the mm. action, running and the jumping, you know, and the fighting. Uh, I, I like the stories at DC and I like the way Toad handled them. I like his compositions, his handling of blacks. I learned a lot from it and was able to begin to use it myself. Uh, I learned a great deal from him. Uh, he's wow. one of my favorite artists. Yeah, well. And he loved, he loved my inking on his work, too. He always asked for me to work on a particular story. Of his, and he'd be disappointed if I wasn't available, you know. Yeah, wow, that's, um, that's, that's amazing. I appreciate you telling us yeah. about were you that. Familiar with it? Were you familiar I, with that? I, I, know, I know some of his work. I, like I said before, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge comic fan. I know enough. Uh, all I know, you know, I know some. I'm more of a, a phantom nuffy than I am a, a comic nuffy, uh, or a, you know, a nerd. Um, but no, I, I really appreciate that. Um, you did make mention of George George Olson. Was was it just because he was a great like? Uh, it, it was very nice, a wonderful guy to work with. It was very yeah. pleasant, and very accommodating, and uh. uh Oh, he was uh, he was intellectual. He was well read, and I just liked him as an individual. And he's a very soft spoken guy, and uh, he, I thought he was multi talented too. Knew yeah. how to handle color, and knew how to handle all different uh, mediums, and, and you know, uh, even using uh, markers, working with markers to do uh, roughs for uh, for advertising agents. He worked with uh, advertising for many years. And uh, I found him uh, as an artist in the agency. I don't, I don't know, remember how he was brought to me, but he was, he was, it was a blessing because he, was, he caught on very quickly. He knew exactly what I wanted and uh, his layouts were very satisfying to me. Yeah, wow. I would, I would love to learn. I, I... I, I really appreciate your time today uh, because, like, learning about some of these artists and 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 talking to you again, um, you know, it's, it's a real highlight. So um, I, I appreciate your time today. Um, now, uh, David, you, we've talked before about like the website and stuff like that. Uh, for those who don't know, cybarry.com, could you tell us a little bit about the website? What's on there? What people can um, buy, find, and... Sure. Um, we've kept our website... Well, first of all, we did a we did an update to the web website about two months ago with a new design. <clears throat> and actually, I think I ended up pulling out more material than I put in uh, just to keep it simplified yes. and more streamlined. 
Um, so there's three main sections. There's the back, background about my dad. Um, there's an opportunity to purchase original artwork and a whole host of new prints that are available, um, as well as merch. Cy <laughs> um, Barry branded uh, knickknacks, you know, T-shirts and caps and things like that. And I, I have a lot of fun with it. I have a lot of fun with that too. Mm -hmm. um, and you yeah. ship you ship over to India, pretty much anywhere, anywhere. And anywhere. Like there's yeah. a lot of um, I see a lot of uh, Indian fans who, uh, you know, are just as passionate about about you know about about your yeah. dad's side as as what Australians and Scandinavians are. Um, so you know, if you're in India, and you've ever wanted to own a, an original Cybari or have have some nice prints to put up in your room or in your son's room or or something like that, cybarry.com's uh, the place the place to go. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we while we simplified things on the front end, I think on the back end, what we did was made it more um, uh, ready for things like online options of yep. the artwork, um, more uh, video-capable um and so these are things that I'm going to be ex expanding on in the future. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I've purchased artwork from you. Uh, very simple process. Um, you know, it was a great thrill of mine to, you know, to receive some original artwork. Um, so thank you, David and, and Cy as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so make sure you get out there. Uh, every fandom collector should have an original um, Cy Barry piece of artwork. Um, so wrapping up because I'm wary of the time and, and not wanting to keep, keep you forever yeah. as much as I would like to be able to it's talk to you. Almost, almost, it's almost his dinner time. Yeah. Well, I'm getting close to my cocktail time. I join a couple of friends here and, uh, we have, yeah. uh, and go up to the pub because it's too hot out to sit outside. So, so we yeah. <laughs> Is there any anything that I don't know I've maybe missed asking you or or anything you want to say uh before we before we go? Well, I really I really enjoy being interviewed and I enjoy talking about uh, my escapades in the past and uh, there are some stories and maybe in in the future I could uh, tell some stories about what some of the things that went in there went on in comics at DC and, and Marvel. have a couple of uh, funny stories to tell about that. And one very dramatic story that happened at DC. But we'll, we'll continue that at another time. But uh, there were, it was, it's been an exciting career and exciting life. And I loved every bit of it. Mm. Uh, I, I had some little arguments and qualms and uh, ordeals with publishers. But we all that too has passed, and we uh, we still remember the better parts of uh, of our uh, experiences. Yeah, being a cartoonist has been a wonderful life, really. Yeah. So, from myself, and I'm speaking on behalf of every Phantom fan out there who's listening, watching this. Uh, thank you, Sai, for enriching our lives. Um, 
you know, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to understand or, or see just how much how much influence you or importance and and uh, yeah, it, you know, my life is richer because of your work, and uh, and I know there's plenty of others out there whose life is richer as well. So, um, on behalf of everyone, thank you. Right. Well, you, you definitely make me feel like I've left some kind of legacy behind that people are enjoying. If I've done that, I'm very grateful. Yeah, and I don't think everyone can say that they've influenced people from all around the world. So I think that should be something you should be very proud of. And uh, David, I think you should be very proud of as well um, for, you know, for what... For, <laughs> yeah, That's for what... My path. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. definitely a... <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, so thank you. Um, for those who are listening, uh, you can find us on our website, which is chroniclechamber.com. Our email, if you want to get in touch with us or um, anything like that, uh, chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Um, we've got new information. Uh, everything is up on there as well. Uh, we've got a preservation, uh, Phantom Preservation Library, um, so you can look at it there as well, including some articles about Sire and everything else as well. You can subscribe to us via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps, including iTunes or Spotify. Now, as we said at the start, um, uh, there's been some exciting development regarding NFT and Cyberry. Uh, we will look to explore that at a later date. Uh, we did not touch upon that in today's uh, chat, but we will be looking to explore that in a little bit more detail later on. So um, so if you've got questions about that or anything like that, make sure you hit us up. Uh, we can ask that in advance or keep an eye on our uh, YouTube or subscribe to us on uh, one of your podcast apps and you'll be able to keep up to date with that. So from myself, uh, thank you. Happy phantoming. Uh, si, David, thank you for your time and happy phantoming. Very well. Thank you. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The ghost who walks. Enemies beware, the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. Right.